This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 17 of Surah Ad Dukhan, page number 671 of the Noble Quran, uh, and page number 496 of the Sahih International Translation. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد فتنا قبلهم قوم فرعون وجاءهم رسول كريم أن أدوا إلي عباد الله إني لكم رسول أمين وألا تعلوا على الله إني آتيكم بسلطان مبين وإني عذت بربي وربكم أن ترجموني وإن لم تؤمنوا لي فاعتزلون فدعا ربه أن هؤلاء قوم مجرمون فأسر بعبادي ليلا إنكم متبعون واترك البحر رهوا إنهم جند مغرقون كم تركوا من جنات وعيون وزروع ومقام كريم ونعمة كانوا فيها فاكهين كذلك وأورثناها قوما آخرين فما بكت عليهم السماء والأرض وما كانوا منظرين ولقد نجينا بني إسرائيل من العذاب المهين من فرعون من فرعون إنه كان عاليا من المسرفين ولقد اخترناهم على علم على العالمين وآتيناهم من الآيات ما فيه بلاء مبين إن هؤلاء ليقولون إن هي إلا موتتنا الأولى إن هي إلا موتتنا الأولى وما نحن بمنشرين فأتوا بآبائنا إن كنتم صادقين أهم خير أم قوم تبع والذين من قبلهم أهلكناهم إنهم كانوا مجرمين وما خلقنا السماوات والأرض وما بينهما لاعبين ما خلقناهما إلا بالحق ولكن أكثرهم لا يعلمون إن يوم الفصل ميقاتهم أجمعين يوم لا يغني مولا عن مولا شيئا ولا هم ينصرون إلا من رحم الله إلا من رحم الله إنه هو العزيز الرحيم
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين My dearest mothers and sisters, these verses show us the story of Musa alayhi salam and Fir'aun, Moses may peace be upon him and the Pharaoh. And at the same time, the statements that were uttered by the Pharaoh and his people and the messages that had come to them and the way they belied the message. So the lesson for us is that we should be listening to the messages of goodness that come to us uh, lest we see a day that is really a day of regret. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from regret. May He make us from those who take heed. So the messages will come to us and the messengers will come to us. The messengers meaning, firstly, the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the name of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the final of all of the prophets, known as messengers, as in the prophets. And then also the messengers, meaning those who bear a message of goodness and those who convey to us the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the form of perhaps uh, a learned person, perhaps someone who might be pious, perhaps someone who might be a child, a parent, maybe a brother, a sister, a relative, a friend, an acquaintance, or even an anonymous person who brings about a good message. Uh, the power is within the message, not within the person. Uh, in the case of normal human beings like yourself and myself. Uh, when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's message, that is the criteria. That is what we are supposed to be listening to. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in verse number 17 of Surah Al-Dukhan, وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّا قَبْلَهُمْ Before them we had already tested. Who did we test? We tried and we tested the people of Pharaoh. The people of Pharaoh. We tried them before the people of Quraysh and before these people. So the, at the time when Rasulullah addressing the kuffar of Quraysh, the people of Mecca, those who had wandered astray, those who were not taking heed, those who were not interested in the message of the Akhirah and the life after, they were told that we had already tested people before you, which means before the people of Quraysh. And the lesson is for us all. So Allah says, and we already tried before them the people of Pharaoh. And there came to them a noble messenger. Who was the messenger? It was Moses, may peace be upon him. Musa alayhi salatu wassalam. Allah says, Moses said, Render to me the servants of Allah. Indeed, I am to you a trustworthy messenger. An addu ilayya ibad Allah. The Pharaoh used to oppress the children of Yaqub, Yaqub was known as Israel or Israel in the English language. So the children of Israel referring to the children of Jacob. May peace be upon him. So Musa alayhi salam told the Pharaoh, you need to deliver these from, or you need to deliver these uh, children or the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, render them to me, stop oppressing them, stop harming them and so on. Worship Allah alone, even when it comes to the Pharaoh. The message was twofold. One was to worship Allah alone and two was to stop oppressing people, to stop oppressing the children of Israel, so to speak. And when we say the children of Israel, we're not talking of the nation that was created very recently, but we are talking of the children of a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Yaqub, and that is Jacob, may peace be upon him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Musa alayhi salam told him, Indeed, I am to you a trustworthy messenger. Inni lakum rasulun ameen. And then the next part of the message, verse number 19. And Musa alayhi salam was saying, Be not haughty with Allah. Wa Allah ta'alu ala Allah. Don't try and be 
too great, meaning don't try and rise above your own maker. No, don't be too arrogant to worship your maker. Understand that no matter who you are, there is always the one who made you who is above you. Always. We will never ever become above Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the message here is, be not haughty with Allah. Indeed, I have come to you with clear evidence. The signs that were given to the Prophet Moses, may peace be upon him, were quite clear. He was a person who stuttered because of something that happened when he was a child. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him with the stick and we all know about it. And Allah sent him with the shining of the hand. And I'm sure we've heard about it. These were signs that were given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Prophet Moses, may peace be upon him, in order to go with them to the Pharaoh. At that particular time, magic was at its peak. There were so many magicians. So this was a sign that was high above the magic of the magicians. This is why when the magicians came in, called by the Pharaoh, in order to fight Moses, may peace be upon him, we find very clearly they surrendered and they understood this is not magic, it's a sign of Allah. But sadly the Pharaoh did not and many others did not. So Allah says, Musa alayhi salam was saying to them, be not haughty with Allah. What is the meaning of haughtiness with Allah? It means to transgress against Allah, to think that we can run away from Allah, to think that the, the, the maker has no value or we are it without realizing my brothers and sisters or my beloved mothers and sisters seated here this morning. Uh, we will all have to return to Allah. You know when a calamity happens, when somebody passes away, when some loss is suffered, we are taught to say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un, which means we belong to Allah and ultimately we will all be returning to Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that statement confirms that we are nothing. Allah is everything. Allah is the creator, the one in supreme control. He does not die. We are the ones who die. He is eternal. Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal the creator of entire creation. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the story is actually giving us a message. And what this means is whenever we've seen or read the stories of the previous people and the nations, it's not just a tale where to say, oh, did you hear what happened to the people of Moses? They were, they were really taken by Allah. That's not the moral of the story. The moral of it is how do I learn a lesson from their stories? If Allah sent them a message and sent them messengers and then Allah punished them, it means Allah will send me the message and send me the messengers. And if I react the same way they reacted, I'm warned of a similar punishment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, I have come to you with clear evidence. And indeed, I have sought refuge in my Lord and your Lord, lest you stone me. Which means you won't be able to harm me. I have asked the help of Allah and Allah has granted me that assistance. So you try and do whatever you want. You won't be able to harm me. Musa alayhi salam is telling the Pharaoh. And this we know from other verses like Surah Taha where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Innani ma'akuma asma'u wa'ara qala la takhafa Innani ma'akuma asma'u wa'ara Allah tells Musa alayhi salam that go forth the two of you without fear. Go, don't fear, for indeed I am with you, I am hearing, and I see, subhanallah. So they, they had no fear in them, they were not frightened of the Pharaoh, they knew these guys can try whatever they want, they're not going to be able to harm us. We need to have similar conviction, that whenever we do things, we need to ask Allah's help, and at the same time, tie the camel. Tying the camel means you lock your doors, mashallah, you try the best, you try your best, you make sure that your money is not dangling out of your pocket, for example, you make sure that you have 
whatever is in your capacity to do done and at the same time when you ask Allah's help thereafter you need not fear don't fear remember hand it in the hands of Allah give it into the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oh Allah I've done whatever was humanly possible and now I'm asking you to help Subhanallah, that's the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But with Musa alayhi salam, it was on a much higher level because he is the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, that he says, I have sought refuge in my Lord and your Lord, lest you stone me. Now, my Lord and your Lord, he is already showing from that to the Pharaoh that you know what? You are not the Lord. You actually have a Lord. You are not the great. You actually have someone far greater than you who is the deity, the supreme deity, the one and only, the one who made you and created you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling this uh, or has instructed Musa alayhi salam uh, to tell uh, the Pharaoh. And here what it is referring to as well is you won't be able to kill me. You won't be able to cause my death. It is Allah who causes my death. You can do what you want because uh, the Pharaoh had a bad habit and his bad habit was that he would, anyone who told him anything negative would actually be killed or would be threatened like the magicians when they did not obey his instruction. In fact, it was not only people who told him anything that he didn't like, but it was those who refused to listen to him as well. So when he dished out instruction, he expected people to listen immediately. If they didn't, they were told, They were told, we are, we are going to slice you into pieces, and then we will hang you, and then we will do this and that. Empty threats. Well, he used to fulfill it in the case of some, but when it comes to Musa alayhi salam, Allah says he won't be able to do anything. Don't worry. He won't. You will be victorious. Allah already informed Moses, may peace be upon him, Musa alayhi salam, that you will be victorious. So there was no need to fear. So he says, you won't be able to stone me. You won't be able to cause my death. Then he continues to say, but if you do not believe me, then leave me alone. So you have an option. You either listen to what I have to say or you don't listen to what I say. But don't touch me. You don't need to harm me. And this is something that uh, is a universal uh, system. That if you, someone has told you something and if you advise someone or someone advises you, there is something they have said. You either take it or leave it. But you don't need to smack them in return. If your child tells you, mom, the way you're dressing is wrong, you don't need to now smack the child. You need to ask yourself, is it right what the child is saying? If it's right, well, let me say thank you so much. And let me correct my bad ways. Let me not join the arrogance of the devil or Satan who makes me want to justify the evil that I'm engaging in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. And may Allah strengthen us and may He make us from amongst those who can take heed when we are given good advice. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, Musa alayhi salam is telling the Pharaoh, but if you do not believe me, then leave me alone. And finally, he called to his Lord that these were a criminal people. Finally, meaning after some time when the Pharaoh did what he did and a long history of what happened, uh, then at the end, Musa alayhi salam calls out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking the destruction of the Pharaoh to say, you know what, we've just had enough of these people. And this shows us something very interesting. You know, uh, mashallah, we are taught to be as merciful as possible. People do something bad to you, you do good in return. You pray for them, you ask goodness. Uh, but my mothers and sisters, you and I know that there is a limit. I mean, if someone slaps you once and you don't just say, oh, thank you so much, you know. 
If someone, you, 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 you try to do something about it, positive. You try to address the matter. Someone swears you, for example. The second time they continue. The third time they continue. They, they get to your nerves. And after that you call out to Allah. And that's the bare minimum you can do. To say, oh Allah, deal with this person. I've had enough of them. But don't just ask Allah to destroy someone when they've done one or two things wrong against you. And then suddenly you become so fed up that you've already made dua for their destruction. Yet the problem could have been solved and you could have been best buddies or something good could have come out of that entire episode. So first make a dua to Allah. Someone does bad, make a dua. You know, we have an issue nowadays. People say, I love you to their husbands and their wives, which is excellent. But do they mean it? That's the question. That, that question can only be answered when you go through turbulence. When something really nasty has happened in your marriage, then you've got to dig up the, time, the number of times you've told your spouse, I love you, and you've now got to live up to it and believe yourself. Or, or you've got to understand that because I love this person so much, I'm going to walk with them through the mess that they are in and ensure that even if it takes two to five years, I will try and get them out of the mess. Yes, if there is oppression beyond the limit, you, are, you have a valid excuse to want to seek out. But if not, then you continue with them. You try at least again and you try. But the problem with us today, we say, I love you. And according to a lot of people on the globe, I love you means, oh, my life with you is like so rosy. The day it's not, I won't love you anymore. That's what it is. So we forget that people are human beings. Your test of love is whether you will walk by your child the day you find something out about them that is nasty. May Allah not do that to us. But that's your test. You say to your child, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then when they grow a little bit older, they do one or two things that are against your wishes and wills. Suddenly your love is gone. Well, that was fake. Those statements were only based on the fact that they obeyed your instruction. So love doesn't mean, I love you, meaning thanks for obeying my instructions. That's not, that's like a child. You know, the child, you give them a sweet and they say, I love you. Have you ever heard that? I love the sweet you're giving me, not you. Allahu Akbar. You can bribe any ch little child into, into saying that or into smiling or giving you a big hug sometime. Depending on what you're giving them. If you give them something they really, really love, it's that what they love, not you necessarily. But... You need to make sure you know. When you really profess your love, it means it's full of care. It's full of concern. It's full of sacrifice. It's full of the readiness to be standing with the person the day they falter and they are human, so they will definitely falter. You know, for example, a husband tells a wife, I love you so much. And one day she's ill and sick and she can't get up to, you know, to make his things or to do things or to cook or whatever else it might be, depending on the culture you're living within. Uh, you find that the guy starts getting upset and angry. Well, where was your love? Today I, am, I can't do this for you. And suddenly you, 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 your love rotated around the fact that you're getting hot chicken every day with rooties. Allahu Akbar. Allah protect us. So you actually love your food more than you love your spouse. I'm just giving you an example. This is the flip side of the coin. So my mothers and sisters, uh, this is something interesting that we actually learn. When we uh, love someone, we will listen to what they have to say. We will understand. We will stand by their side. And at the same time, when someone advises us, we don't just get angry and upset. Musa alayhi salam, when he told the Pharaoh, uh, what the message was, the Pharaoh rejected it. He did not immediately say, oh Allah, destroy this man, destroy him, finish, it's over, gone. No, he had a concern. He says, oh Allah, guide him, oh Allah, this, oh Allah, that, whatever it was, it lasted long. The Pharaoh says, I want another sign. So he made a dua to Allah to bring another sign. Another sign came. And, and similarly, many signs came to the Pharaoh and his people. And right at the end, when it got a little bit much, then he says, you know what? Oh Allah, these people are criminals. 
Oh Allah, you've given this man so much in terms of wealth. And every time he's using his wealth to lead people astray. So take his wealth away, extinguish it, destroy it, and take him away as well. Meaning, protect us from his evil in whatever way you feel fit. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding and may he protect us from the devil. Ameen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, Musa alayhi salam says, Inni uzdu bi rabbi wa rabbikum an tarjumun wa illam tu'minu li fa'atazilun fada'a rabbahu anna ha'ulai qawmun mujrimun. He made a dua to Allah that, oh Allah, these people are a nation, a people that are criminals. They are bad. They are evil people. So Allah said to him, Set out with my servants by night. Indeed, you will be pursued. So Moses, this is obviously only a part of the message. The other parts of the messages are in other places of the Quran and also in the narrations of Rasulullah So from what we understand here is, he made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah responded and Allah says, okay, we're going to deal with the Pharaoh. Uh, we'd like you to leave with your people at a certain time. And we want you to know that the Pharaoh is going to follow you. So don't worry, we are with you. So he was already told you're going to be followed. So anyway, he was asked to leave by night. So by night he got all his people together and they actually left and they were pursued by the Pharaoh. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and leave the sea in stillness. Indeed, they are an army to be drowned. So don't be frightened, they will follow you, you carry on. You strike the sea with that stick of yours and inshallah the, everything will happen. And when it happened, uh, amazingly they went through and they crossed out on the other side. When the Pharaoh came, he says, yes, the sea has opened because of me. Without realizing that, you know what, it's not you. You're nothing. It's actually for your destruction. So in a way, yes, it did open because of you, but not because you instructed it or anything, but because you were to be destroyed in it. And this is why one person's savior could be another's means of destruction. You know, something that saves one person could actually be the same thing that would destroy someone else. And we see this quite clearly when it comes to the Pharaoh and Musa alayhi salam or Moses, may peace be upon him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and leave the sea in stillness. Indeed, they are an army to be drowned. How much they left behind of gardens and springs. Oh, they had plush gardens. They had springs that were so, you know, so beautiful. It was like a paradise for them. What happened? They left it. They left it. They left it all. Where did they go? They returned to their maker. He used to say, I am the God. Now he returned to his own God. Allahu Akbar. So Allah says, And how much they left behind of gardens and springs and crops and noble sights and comfort wherein they were amused. They left it all behind. Thus, and we caused to inherit it another people. Now, I learned from this something huge. When we amass wealth, when we have so much in terms of this world, we need to know a day will come when we leave behind absolutely nil besides our deeds. The clothes we have, the perfumes we have, the people we did not give it to will start using it and say, Ooh, you should have died a little bit earlier, I'd have enjoyed it a bit earlier. Subhanallah, you know, don't become too attached. Well, I hope they don't say that because obviously I'm sure we give them a spray or two now and again. I'm talking of our own kids, mashallah. May Allah bless us all. So, it's amazing how we get so attached to things that are not even ours. They, we have temporary ownership of these items while we're alive. The moment we die, they're not going to say, Oh, this was a Lamborghini you just bought yesterday. Come, let's park it in the grave with you. No ways. Park it in the grave? You're crazy, man. 
They used to do that a long time ago. Do you know that? When they used to bury the person, they used to bury his wealth with him. And this is why you've got these treasures of Egypt and all the other uh, ancient civilizations where they used to bury the stuff with the people. And now people are digging out all the treasures and so on. And they're becoming lucky. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding that whatever we have in terms of material items of this world, we're going to leave them behind. Here Allah is drawing our attention to the fact that when we have so much, we are also going to leave all this behind. Don't get too attached. Look what Allah says. Allah says, How much they left behind of gardens and springs and crops and noble sites and comfort wherein they were amused. Thus we caused it to inherit it or we caused to inherit it another people meaning some other people inherited all that amazing imagine if you just read this verse and if you just know a little bit about the ancient egyptian civilization you will come to realize how much the pharaohs had how much they had and at the same time it was all left behind today it's ruins people go there to say hey what's up you know look at the, the pyramids and the whatever else and and uh, or the sphinx and whatever else they've left behind in terms of the remnants of that civilization. It's just evidence that it existed. But where are they? Where are the people? We want to meet them. We want to see them. Sorry, you can't. Not yet. Not now. I don't even want to see them in the hereafter. Because I wonder where I will have to go in order to see them. I don't want to be there. So here you are. A lesson. We get too attached to our little things, you know. Your son scratched your car. Big deal. Big deal. Believe me. Your phone dropped and broke. Oh, it was an iPhone 6. So what? Big deal. It broke. Allahu Akbar. We're so attached that we smack up our kids. I hope that doesn't happen. I really hope it doesn't happen. I know in some places it does. But I hope it doesn't in our midst. It's wrong. It's so wrong. Yes, we are allowed to admonish. We are allowed to train. We are allowed to teach. We are allowed to try and educate, but not by becoming violent and by becoming people who are uh, barbaric. Not at all. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has drawn our attention to this in the story of the Pharaoh. And Allah says, they left everything behind. And you know who took it? The people whom they were fearing. Meaning the people whom they were fearing to have it. I actually took it. They didn't want Banu Israel or the followers of Moses to take things away. They kept them subdued. They kept them poor. They kept them as slaves. They enslaved them. And here, suddenly, overnight, without any warning whatsoever, these people were given back everything as though it was theirs. So Allah says, فَمَا بَكَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضِ the heavens and the earth did not weep for them, nor were they reprieved. No one cried over their, their departure. People were happy. Okay, the Pharaoh is gone. Heavens and earth did not cry, did not weep at their departure. Now some of the scholars make mention of how the heavens and the earth would actually weep at the departure of a blessed soul. How? I don't know. Allah knows. But If, if Allah is saying the heavens did not weep, then it would be understood from that, that if, if the person was uh, a blessed soul, then it would happen. How? I don't know. But if we go back here, one of the more important messages for us is 
where Allah says, nor were they reprieved. They were not given a chance. They were not given some time, no more time. You know, like uh, someone comes to you and they're about to smack you. And then they say, you say, no, 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 please don't. And they say, okay, I'll give you a last chance. With death, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. You know, people say, oh, this guy escaped death. The truth is, the death wasn't there. If you didn't die, even if you, the bullet missed you by a fraction of a millimeter, it was never meant to get to you. Never. That's Allah. So in our terminology, we might say, yes, this person got another chance. But the truth is, we forget very quickly. So even if we had another chance and we turn to Allah, sometimes two years down the line, we're back into our old ways and habits. And we forget that there was a day when we almost died. And we were really, you know, thankful for the fact that we are alive. People come out of a car accident, for example, and they come out quite... Uh, unscathed, yet the vehicle might have been a write-off. And at the same time, they then turn to Allah, thank Allah. And two years down the line, they're back in the clubs and the pubs and the gambling and the casinos and the drinking and the alcohol and whatever else in terms of the drugs and the bugs and whatever. That's man. Man forgets very quickly that there was a time I used to cry to Allah. And Allah says this in the Quran. That when, when, you know, when man has a problem, he makes a dua so big. And once the problem is, go is gone, it's like he forgets us completely as though he never ever had a problem in the past that he called us out, he called out to us for. Let's not be from amongst those. Let's call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regularly and let's be from amongst those who learn a lesson from the story of the Pharaoh. So Allah says, And we certainly saved the children of Israel from the humiliating torment. We saved the children of Israel. And as I said, Israel is not a nation. It is actually the name of a person, and that is Yaqub or Jacob, may peace be upon him. So in other words, and we certainly saved the children of Jacob from the humiliating torment. What was the torment? From the Pharaoh, indeed, he was haughty. He was a haughty one among the transgressors. Imagine Allah is saying, among all the transgressors, Fir'aun was one of the deadly ones. He was one of the ones, the Pharaoh was one of the poisonous ones. He was a haughty one from amongst them. There were other one, others who were haughty as well, but this one was one of them. And we certainly chose them. We chose who? The children of Israel, the children of Jacob. We certainly chose them by knowledge over all the world. We, and we gave them of signs that in which there was a clear trial. We gave them so much and there were clear trials for them. So Allah tested them, Allah gave them. And that is the, that is the plan of Allah across generations. Allah will bless you, He will give you, and at the same time He will test you. Because very interestingly, and I'm sure we all know this, when you come, came onto earth, you came in order to be tested for 70 years and then to go back to the one who made you. That's all. So we are in this world in order to go through situations that will not be in accordance with our own liking and to see how you react to them. There you are. That's why you came to earth to worship Allah alone, which means He will, um, he will ask you to do things and your body will tell you that I don't want to do it. So Allah says, well, that's your test. Let's see. Do you get the answer right? You do? Carry on. Next test, you get a cough. From the cough, you get a flu. From the flu, you get a disease. From the disease, you keep on calling out to Allah. And Allah says, well done. You're still passing your test. But you're as sick as ever. Allah says, hang on. All your sins have been forgiven. And now your status is being elevated by the mere fact that you're calling out to me alone. You're bearing patience and you're going through the sickness. 
And then there comes a day when the devil starts massaging you and saying, no, hang on, there's a witch doctor on the side there, he can also help. And that's the day we fail the test. Which doctor? La hawlillah, a'udhu billah. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Which doctor? More and more Muslims are going to soothsayers and losing their iman and going to... You know, there is a difference between a herbalist and a witch doctor. If someone is a herbalist and they give you herbs, for example, you know, plants and maybe crushed leaves, crushed roots and so on as a, as a medication uh, without doing some superstitious activity, then alhamdulillah, that, that could be medication, yes. But if someone engages in superstitious activity, you know what? Oh, you've got a disease. So you need to put five bones on the floor and you need to grab uh, six or seven frogs' legs, put them on the side, and you need to jump this way and that way and come back to the left and the right 17 times. And, and then you need to look up to the heavens, look up to the sky, and then you need to jump again. Something stupid and silly. And wallahi al-azim, our people are doing this. I promise you. And we go. Astaghfirullah. More and more people are going. And you know, in some countries, they'll take coconuts and they'll start shaking and rattling the coconut and then they'll tell you something else. And I know of someone recently who told me that uh, something about coconuts, it was very, very strange that the people believe that yes, it's correct. So when I told them, I said, but this is wrong. They said, but Allah's kept cure in it. Astaghfirullah, how? Allah's kept cure in it. Allah does not keep cure in superstitious matters of shirk and association of partnership with Allah. He alone is the owner of cure. Your test was to be ill and sick and to continue calling out to Allah even if it meant for 10 years, even if it meant up to the point of your death. But you continue seeking medication that you can understand as a human being with your mind and keep, keep on calling out to Allah. Don't do anything wrong. Don't let your impatience lead you to that which is incorrect, invalid, wrong, superstitious and makes you lose your iman. And inshallah you'll get jannah if you were patient. Because what's the point of me getting cured from a sickness and illness having lost my iman? And then I lose my whole hereafter and I don't go into heaven for eternity. So because I wanted to be healthy for 10 more years, I lost my heaven for eternity. That's foolish. I'd rather be ill for 10 years and get heaven forever than to be cured for 10 years and get hell forever. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. These are strong messages. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they were tested. They were given. Look how Allah says we blessed them. We gave them knowledge. We chose them. We gave them so many things. And Allah then says, and we gave them of signs that in which... There was a clear trial. Indeed, these disbelievers are saying. Now, what are the disbelievers of Quraysh saying? What were the disbelievers of the time of the Prophet ﷺ saying? In here, illa mawtatuna al-ula wa ma nahnu bimunshareen. We will only die once, the first death, that's it. And we will not be resurrected. So they were deniers of the resurrection. They were deniers of resurrection. Now with us, we might believe that yes, we are going to be resurrected. My mothers and sisters, just to give you a quick glimpse of the hope that we should be having in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are human beings. Yes, we have faltered and we will continue faltering because of our human nature. Turn to Allah, ask Allah's forgiveness, keep on praising Him, asking Him His forgiveness and at the same time have hope that He will grant you paradise. And inshallah, through that hope and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you and I will receive and achieve paradise. Amin. May Allah grant it to us. We are human beings. We have hope and continue trying to be a good person, especially to those you live with.
especially to those you live with. Continue trying to be a very nice person, very easygoing, very helpful, very, you know, well-mouthed, if I can, I don't know if that's terminology, but let's use it. Someone who's got a very good tongue, you know, someone who doesn't hurt others with their mouth. Subhanallah. We've got to leave a mark. People will know. We've got the continuation of good habits by the progenies to follow because of a light and a torch that we lit for them. Subhanallah. So have hope in Allah. But these kuffar, they used to say, no ways, we don't even believe in the resurrection. We're just going to die once, so do as you please. That's what they're saying today, but with different terminology. They're saying the same thing, YOLO, you only live once. And they've been saying that. And we believe, no, you only live on earth once. And that doesn't mean, you see, even if we argue and someone says, okay, you only live once, but there's two ways of looking at it. You only live once, so do as you please. You only live once, so do as your maker pleases. Wow. Which one do we choose? Well, you only live on earth once. So do as your maker pleases. Because when you get into the akhirah, you, so many have gone. I mean, take a look at the people who've passed away, who've been wealthy and powerful. They've got absolutely everything. And they're gone. What happened? Everything's left behind. People have even started forgetting the people. Meaning those who are alive, start forgetting those who have died. I ask you, your own great, great, great grandfather, do you even know his name? That's a question. No, but he was a solid character maybe, who had so much. I don't even know his name. I don't even know where he lived. What he looked like. No clue. So the same is going to happen to us. Perhaps maybe our grand, 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 grandchildren might not even know our names. They won't even know who we were. They might not even know what we looked like. Perhaps, maybe, who knows. They might know and they might not know. But somewhere down the line, people will forget us. Like in this community or gender, in this society, we don't even know people who existed, for example, 200 years ago. Someone might argue that, oh, there was no one here. There must have been someone. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us a message through these stories. This is why we say when you read the Qur'an, don't just look at it as a story and a tale of the past. But remember that it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has definitely kept lesson in this for us. Let's quickly go through this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <clears throat> The disbelievers had actually turned against what the messengers had come with. And one of them was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So these kuffar had said, we are only going to die once and we will not be resurrected. So Allah says, then bring back, or in fact they said, they continued saying to Allah or to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and asking him to ask Allah, bring back our forefathers if you are truthful. Let's see them. If you believe in resurrection, let's see, we want to see our forefathers. They're gone. It's over. But the resurrection is different. It's not that they're going to come back onto earth. They're going to be resurrected for the akhirah, for the hereafter. Are they better or the people of Tubba? Who are the people of Tubba? The tribe of Saba in Yemen. So Allah is saying, are they better or the people of Tubba and those before them? We destroyed those. Indeed, they were criminals. The people of Tubba had much more than the people of Quraysh and they were destroyed. 
They were much more powerful, they had a lot of wealth, they had so much of goodness and they were destroyed. And the people of Quraysh know that the people of Tubba were given a lot. They had gardens, plush, they had so much of fruit and vegetation and that did not grow when it comes to Quraysh. In the, in the area where Quraysh existed in Mecca, plantation was very limited. So if you look at uh, the, the, those who had more and were destroyed, so Allah is saying, look, we destroyed them, they had more than you. What about you? <clears throat> then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and we did not create the heavens and the earth and that between them in play we didn't create all this for nothing you were not made just to have fun whatever is between the heavens and the earth including the heavens and the earth we did not just create it in, to play to have fun for amusement no Allah says, we did not create them except in truth, but most of them do not know. And indeed, the day of judgment is the appointed time for them all, the day when no relation will avail a relation at all, nor will they be helped, except those believers on whom Allah has mercy. Indeed, He is the exalted in might and the merciful. So Allah is telling us that whatever we made, we made it with a purpose. And at the same time, Allah is saying that there will definitely come a day of judgment. It's the appointed time for everyone. And on that day, nobody will be able to help another. Not a father, a child, not a mother, a daughter, and no relation, another relation. They will all be on their own answering Allah and with Allah, and they will all be at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, accept the true believers whom Allah has mercy upon. Indeed, He is the exalted in might and the merciful. May Allah make us from amongst the true believers and may He have mercy on us on the day of resurrection. May He make us the best of people until we meet again. Sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastawfiruka wa natubu ilayhi.